In this episode, we take a look at the spring equinox, sometimes referred to as Ostara, the Sabbath that modern-day Easter is stolen from. We take a look at many of the pagan traditions surrounding this Sabbath and explain how you can work them into your life now if you want to, and even help you make sense of the real story of the Easter bunny and its eggs. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay. We're right around Easter time, so I thought this would be a good time for us to discuss Ostara. Everyone loves this topic. (laughs) always love the bunny oh yeah oh yeah so we've done episodes where we've gone over all the sabbats and we've this was one of them in an episode with multiple but people have asked us to go into depth more on some of them and this one is just it's so stolen (laughs) exactly that i think we need to go over it Right. And if you missed the original episode, you can go back to the Sabbath episode and get sort of the foundational information on all of them. Um, But this is going to be more of a deep dive. Exactly. So I'm using the term Ostara, but Uh basically what we're talking about is the spring equinox. Right. Which we now call Easter. Right. Some people call it Easter. (laughs) More on that in a bit. (laughs) Basically, you know, spoiler alert, everything that we celebrate on modern day Easter, whether you have like a a Christian spin on it or not, Easter is a Christian holiday, right? Right. Stolen from pagan celebrations of the spring equinox. Right. And I feel like Easter is one of those holidays, like almost like Christmas, where it's almost gone a little bit full circle where it's even lost its Christian connotations. It's just like Easter feels very Americanized in a certain respect. Yeah. I mean, capitalism's got a hold of it. It, It's it's just a whole thing. So the the baskets. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but when you kind of get back in touch with the root of how our pagan ancestors used to celebrate, Uh it makes the holidays feel special again. Well, and it also helps them to make sense (laughs) when you're celebrating Easter, but you're talking about like a dead person on a cross, but also about like a bunny and candy. Yeah, a bunny that bunny eggs. eggs. Right. It doesn't make any sense, but then when you connect back to the real roots, the real origins, you're like, oh, I get why this makes sense now. Exactly. And if you've become disillusioned by some of these holidays in the way that we celebrate them now, my hope is that when you hear this stuff, it's going to help you reconnect with it in a way that feels like you can celebrate in your own way. Again, you don't have to do it in anybody else's way. I I think, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, anything that I note as a closed practice, like I will tell you, and really no spring equinox practices are closed. So you don't worry too much about that. But you can pick from what you what you want here. You can go, what works for me and my family, and this is how I'm going to celebrate. And that's perfect. Right. Agreed. That's what our pagan ancestors did. 
<laughs> That's what they would want us to do. Exactly. And, you know, when we talk about this a lot too, when pagans basically became refugees, right? Because you had right. to convert to Christianity, they, their cultures mixed together and they, you know, borrowed from each other's cultures and, and sort of mixed it all together because the root of all of it, you'll see, is all the same. Right, exactly. Spring equinox in the Northern Hemisphere is March 22nd, around there. Right. Obviously, the sun doesn't give a shit about our calendar, so sometimes it falls on the 21st. Exactly. (laughs) But the sun is correct. Exactly. (laughs) And, And we're the ones that are trying to fit it into a system it was never meant to. But... I'm going to talk about spring equinox from the point of view of the Northern Hemisphere, but I'm not trying to discount the Southern Hemisphere. It's just that the way we have everything written and the fact that you and I live in the Northern Hemisphere, that that's easier. But if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, or if you want to understand it, you just have to kind of reverse or like spin the circle a little bit more. And it's just opposite seasonally, but all of the celebrations and what people were doing were very similar. Exactly. So the name Ostara is actually the German version or one of the German versions, because the part of this that's confusing, and sometimes people ask me about this, is that there could be different German names because the lines that we now have drawn to say this is this country and this is this one were not there before. Exactly, exactly. So we're basically saying people from that area approximately. Right. Okay. So Ostara was the ancient German name of the spring goddess. Now, she was a virgin goddess. Jamie, would you like to tell the people again, I swear, we'll repeat it as many times as we need to, what that actually means and what it doesn't mean? Right. So, I mean, we've said it a million times, but the word virgin now means it has like a sexual connotation, has to do with purity and sort of control over women's bodies. It's used to sort of regulate and manage women and their bodies and people's perceptions of that, right. Through, through sexuality. Um, But originally the term virgin meant any woman who lived independently, who lived on her own, was powerful in her own right and wasn't connected or correlated to any man. She wasn't married. She wasn't, she was just, it means like of yourself, Exactly right. So when you hear virgin goddess, it doesn't mean a goddess that has never had sex. Quite the opposite, probably. Right. It means like a more powerful goddess than other goddesses. Exactly. Yeah. She probably has lots of sex. Go her. Because sex is powerful. That's what people don't want you to know. Exactly right. Oh my God, that could be a whole episode, but Anyways, let me tell you some other names of the spring equinox in some other different cultures. So it was called Lady Day in Celtic culture and in Wales, the Feast of Isis in Egypt. Mm -hmm. People get like a little squeamish when we say Isis sometimes, but that the, the terrorist group organization Isis took this goddess's name and they did that on purpose. Yeah, very different. Yes. The Feast of Sable is what it was called in Italy, Aphrodite Day in Greece, and the Festival of Astarte. So those are like, there are so many more. I could name like a million trillion, but those are just some of the names that you would have heard celebrating the spring equinox because our pagan ancestors, 
if you, I don't think that worship is exactly the right word anymore, but if you were going to say, instead of worshiping like a sky daddy and saying like, everyone has to follow these rules, they were worshiping the earth and the universe and like what was happening around them. The, you know, that was basically what was giving them life and feeding them and all of that. So that is what was happening. That's why a spring equinox was such a big deal. Right. I think worship is, again, just like the word virgin, where we've it sort of now has a different meaning because it's been taken and it's it's used, I think, thought of to be sort of extreme um, if you're worshiping something. Um, yeah. But that, it wasn't like that then. Exactly. So the spring equinox is really important and was so super important to our ancestors because it marks the changeover from there being more darkness every day to there being more light every day. Right. Which is a big deal. Yes. The equinoxes are the day that that changes. So they're kind of sort of considered equal day and night. That isn't exactly perfectly technically true. And I know someone will point it out if I don't say it, but it's basically the balance and the tipping point going more into light. And that's still so important to us as human beings. I don't, you know, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I'm not affected by it not being very sunny around here. And then the sun comes out for a day and I feel like I took like happy drugs or something. And I'm like, whoa, clearly we need that sometimes more than we realize. Yeah. And we know that we can feel that. Exactly. Exactly. So this was extra important to our ancestors though, because it marked the time where they could start to plant seeds and like crops were going to grow. They were celebrating fertility. You're going to hear a lot about fertility goddesses. And yes, it did mean, it did include the meaning of like getting pregnant as a person, but it was also like fertility of the land, fertility of their livestock, you know, all of these things. That's what they were marking and and meaning and celebrating because this was a big deal. Surviving the winter was a huge deal and a huge moment for celebration. Yeah, we should probably just say, like, from this moment on, any time in this episode, when we say fertility, we mean all forms of fertility. Exactly right. All forms. Everything that you can think of. Even even so much in, like, new friendships, because now you're outside more. Like, everything right. is, like, starting new, right? So, like, that's what we mean. Yeah, when I think of fertility in this form, I think of abundance. They mean they're calling in abundance. You have fertile ground. You have fertile relationships, you know, everything's like ripe for abundance. Exactly right. Exactly right. All right. I would like to tell you the story of a spring equinox. And I found this, let me count for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, this exact story in almost 10 different cultures, right? Pagan cultures. Not surprising. I want to know if you think it sounds familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So there's a deity could be a go- it's usually a god, could be a goddess, okay? But in most cultures, it's a god. Yep. Takes a trip to the underworld, struggles to return from the land of the dead to earth, but then they do return. They are reborn and they're given new life, which they then put out their new life is then celebrated by their people because their people are blessed by the new life. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds like the resurrection of Christ. Yeah, that's just... One of a million stories of that, because this is what they're celebrating in spring. These stories of the gods and goddesses were meant to explain and pass on the tradition of what spring was. Right. And so Christianity took this story that was everywhere 
mm-hmm. and made their own version of it to get people on board. Exactly. It's not a new story. Now I'm not saying if you believe that story that there's something wrong with it. I'm just saying that's like that's like the newest like when people call the stuff we are into new age, I'm like, no, Christianity is new age. Right, exactly. Exactly. Some of the deities that had this story, if anyone wants to look them up, are Odin, Addis, Osiris, Dagda, Mithra, Orpheus, Hera, Persephone. All of them have this this story. Right. So basically, light like light is coming in, more light, life is renewed, it's a rebirth of and you know, our ancient ancestors believed in reincarnation right. because everything around them was reincarnating. So it only makes sense that so would they. But when we're talking about rebirth here, we're meaning more like starting over with like new plants, new everything, right? Right. You're seeing all the plants that died you're seeing you're looking around and they're all coming back up out of the ground <laughs> right right like it's they're they're rebirthing they're rebirthing. you watched you watched them die before right and now they're back right this is what we're celebrating right okay i would like to say that ostara eve was considered the time the most celebrated time for sexy time oh interesting yeah so I know, like, depending on when you're listening to this, like, spring equinox might have already gone by, but I say, you want to celebrate that, you celebrate that anytime you want. Just be like, I'm celebrating with Star Eve. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I thought it would be a good idea to point out that the ancient Greeks, the part of, of that area that people from there were called the Teutons. T-U-T-O-N-S. And like I say, every time I mention them, that term became like a very derogatory term to use. So I'm just acknowledging that, but I'm, I'm saying more historically people from that area. Right. They honored their spring goddess whose name was Yoster. Now let me spell it for you. Mm-hmm. E-O-S-T-R-E. Right. Exactly. Easter. So they took Ostara and they took Yoster and they combined them and they stole the term Easter. So if you're like, what is that term and where does it come from? It's stolen from a bunch of different cultures. Right. Again, with the fertility celebrating, everyone was planting seeds at the spring equinox. Right. That's what they're doing. So now when you see like your local greenhouse, you know, like the lights are on all the time and they're in the, that's, they're doing that because we still do that because it just makes sense to do that because that's how the earth works. Exactly. I also thought it was interesting to note that our ancestors ate cake, honey, and eggs. And those were foods that symbolized either new life or fertility. Right. Yep. That makes sense. The lily, which we now use as a, a symbol of death, right? Yeah. You send somebody lilies if there's a funeral or something. That's just what you do, right? The funeral flower. That's what we call it in my house. That's like as soon as I smell a lily, I think I'm in a funeral home. Yes. That is something that Christianity did. And what they did was stole it. Another shocking thing. Mm -hmm. Because it used to be basically an ancient engagement ring. So around this time of year people would give somebody that they wanted to marry. It wasn't called Mary at the time, right? But (laughs) become partners with a Lily. And so that was a symbol of like, I want to be in a committed relationship with you. Oh, but now it's a funeral flower. Exactly. Thanks. Cool. Uh 
the lamb, which you see as a big Christian Easter symbol. Yes. That is a, the symbol of so many different spring goddesses because this is the time that baby lambs were being born. Right. So in Europe, the Middle East, and North Africa, in all different areas, the lamb is a sign of the spring goddess. Frustrating. It's very frustrating. Now, I want to I talk to you about the Easter egg being laid by a bunny that doesn't lay eggs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way that this story was stolen is so silly to me because it's a real story. It comes from a thing that you just don't know the actual story. They just took like little pieces of it. Right. And it's so bizarre that they did this. So I want to tell the real story. So you actually understand why we do the egg decorating and why a bunny leaves it. I would love to tell everybody about that. I think we should take a quick break first because it makes me spicy. So I'll take like a few drinks of cold water and then we'll get to it. What do you think? Sounds great. (laughs) We'll be right back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Heather, it's season four. We're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor, Restoration Coffee. What coffee are you drinking these days, Jay? It goes back and forth between a Rachel and a Paige. I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IGG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. Okay, everyone, this week we're talking about something that might sound a little weird, <laughs> but we are actually obsessed. I'm obsessed with this, and it's something that's come that really is something that's going on in our everyday lives, or mine, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I want to talk about, and I want Heather to explain to you 
you know, everyone talks about symbolism and dreams and what dreams mean and what the symbolism of like certain body parts are. If you're injured, it could mean that you're having difficulty with X, Y, or Z. Um, I think we should tell everyone and talk about the symbolism of a car, like your car. Yes, I agree. It sounds weird, but it's so cool. Okay. So your car represents the way that you journey through life. Exactly. So I know that sounds like a little bit cheesy, but what I, what we're really saying is that your car is symbolizing how you're getting from one destination to the next, from point A to point B, whether that be the regular everyday things that you're doing or the big, you know, crazy different trips that you're doing. Your car right. is representative to that and symbolic of that in your life. And we spoke about that in the dreams episode. If you haven't heard of that, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. But we talk about how in a dream, what your car can symbolize. But we're right now talking about like real life, like my car. <laughs> we're talking about Jamie's car. Now, before we stop right now, <laughs> it's currently in the shop. So <laughs> what I think is so funny about this is I'm really curious if any of our listeners do this, but like, if, if something happens to one of our cars, the mechanic or whatever is the second call. The first yeah. call is to each other to ask what they think the symbolism of this means. <laughs> I literally sent Heather a text before <laughs> I called AAA. That's not a lie. <laughs> I sent her a picture of my flat tire and was like, how do you like the symbolism of this one? <laughs> So <laughs> I, I'm just curious if other people are that way. Cause I, I do the same thing. I think even in a medical emergency, I would text Jamie first to ask the symbolism yes. before I call 911. Like it's just, that's always our first thought. And so I realized that other people don't walk around like obsessed with things like that, but we are. <laughs> Well, I'm always looking for the lesson, right? Like, I want to know, like, what if if I'm going to be sitting and waiting for AAA and paying for something to be fixed, I want to know what I'm supposed to be learning. Yeah, if you're going to go through shit, you might as well get something good out of it. If you right, can. exactly. Right, exactly. That's, I guess that could be on a t-shirt. That's the Intuitive Girls Guide new motto. If you're going to go through shit, you might as well get something good out of it. So what does this mean? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Right. So flat tire... Right, which is what Jamie got. Right. It symbolizes so like the tires are the wheels. So they're the thing that like are moving you physically along. Through and so the when journey. you get one, what'd you say? Through the journey. Through the journey. When you get a flat tire, right. That is interrupted. Like suddenly you can't move forward or backwards. You have to stay right where you are. Right. You've also lost air. Yes. Okay. So the symbolism of these two things. So think of losing air as like the air being let out of you, like, like sort of deflating and needing to just like stop and stay where you are and kind of rest. Right. Like it, it's kind of your car being like, F you, Jamie, I'm not going any further in these conditions. <laughs> exactly. Slow your roll, but literally stop. Yes. So when you get a message like that, or when that happens, after you're like done swearing about it and stuff, right. and probably it's better to call AAA first and then yes, think about this. Jamie and I don't do it that way, but we <laughs> recommend <laughs> being smarter right. about it. Um, that's when you want to be like, what could this mean? Because how how am I doing this? How is my body physically doing this? How is my energy of how I'm trying to get 
quote unquote, where I'm going? How am I like out of air? Why did I deflate? Why, why can't I move forward or backwards? Why am I like stuck here? And then, okay. So then my car has to go to the shop. Like my car is going to get taken care of by someone else. Like, do I need to do that? Right. Like this is what you want to do in these situations. And like, do I have to, like, what do I have to invest in that? Like, because what do I need to invest into this journey that I'm on? Whatever, if it's like just my regular life journey or some goal I'm working on. Exactly. And then also, how do you feel about this? Right? right. Like what, what part of it pisses you off the most of this? Right. Exactly. That will give you so much insight. Like if the thing that pisses you off the most is the money, then right. you need to look at that. That's, that's some sort of message from the universe. Like, Hey, this unexpected expense tripping you up is something that we need to like work on. Right? right. Or is it that like your day has been completely derailed or are you mad that you have to ask someone for help? Exactly. Right. Are you mad that's that your time is being taken? Like right. what is it that's pissing you off and feel it baby. Right. Sit in it. It's you're allowed. You're so allowed, but like note it and think about it. Right. Exactly. There's so much gold in stuff like that. And I know it sounds bad to be like, oh, something terrible that happened to you. Oh, let's dig into it because it contains great information. Um, Luckily, Jamie is someone who doesn't mind that being friends with someone who sees everything that way because she's that way too. But like there's so much good information that can come from a bad day if you're willing to just take a look at the symbolism. Well, agreed. But it, it also sort of like can take the sting out of it too. Exactly. Right. Like if you can reframe it as like, okay, this sucks so bad, but I'm getting this information where I can make improvements, then you can put the you can put a spin on it. You change the story that you're not the victim of it anymore. You're just like you're just gleaning information that you can use to help yourself. That's such a good point because nothing gets you out of feeling like a victim faster than having something to do. Right. Exactly. And so something to do could be like looking at this and figuring it out. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So next time you have car trouble, get a flat tire, maybe your brakes stop working, whatever's happening next time that happens to you in the, in the right moment for you, just think about what that symbolism could be because, oh my gosh, is there such valuable information there? Right. And you might meet a nice AAA driver, like my friend junior. (laughs) I didn't even want, that was like the biggest thing was that I didn't want to have to like, I'm such an introverted weirdo. I was like, I don't want to go in the AAA truck with some guy. I don't know. And he was like the nicest guy ever. I don't think that's just an introverted weirdo. I think that's being a woman. (laughs) That's a good point. But for me, I wasn't like scared about my safety. I was just like, I have to talk to a human. Right. I haven't had coffee yet. Right. Here's hoping that everyone gets picked up by Junior. Junior is the best. What's up, Junior? Also, You're probably not listening to the IGG, but if you are, I love you even more. <laughs> we'll send we'll send them the link. <laughs> also, we are not currently sponsored by AAA, but if they wanted to sponsor us, please give us a call. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Jay. Back to spring equinox, Ostara, stolen Easter, whatever you'd like to call it. Yeah, bunnies laying eggs. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's let's do it. (laughs) Let's start by discussing the egg itself. Okay. So if you're wondering why the egg is a symbol of the spring equinox, 
That's mm-hmm. because eggs were always considered sacred objects. Yep. They are vessels for new life. Exactly. Whatever kind of egg you're talking about, one laid by a chicken or one inside a woman's body, whatever you're talking about, that is a vessel for new life. And our pagan ancestors knew that and celebrated that. Right. You'll see that in a lot of like um, Oracle card decks. They'll have like golden egg or like the world egg or something like that. Exactly. And also you have to remember that they were having, they had altars at this time. And it's not like the altar that you might think of through religion or it doesn't have to be some like fancy thing. It was a lot of times a mantle. Yep. And people would put stuff on it to represent this. So people were putting eggs on there because eggs were also considered like a fertility amulet. Yes. So you were putting that out to attract fertility to your, to your garden, to your livestock, maybe to your own personal self, to, to all the things, right? That's what, so people were already putting eggs out everywhere. Right. Okay. We've got to talk about the legend of Yostar. So this is E-O-S-T-R-E, the, the misspelled weird Easter name comes from, right? Yeah. So again, she was a Greek goddess of spring. And so this is her story. This is the legend of Yostar. And listen, why we can't just use, like, why did they just exactly steal this story? Why did they just steal pieces that made no sense? I, I don't get it. Right. Well, and that's the trick, right? Is that there always has to be like a spin to keep people hooked, to get them on board, to, you know, you know, avoid the fate of being murdered. But like, we'll give you this little nugget of what you used to use. Yeah. And we'll cut the powerful woman out of the story. Exactly. Right. But like, we'll keep it close enough so that we can get you on board, but it's still, it actually still sucks. Exactly. So the reason the story doesn't make sense is that the goddess herself is cut out of it. So then it doesn't make any sense because then they kept the bunny and the eggs. But let me tell you the story. Okay. There was a lowly rabbit and he wanted to please the goddess. So he decided to gather eggs. Now I just told you why eggs would be what you would gather for spring and for the, for the goddess of spring. Right. Right. He decided to decorate them. And then he humbly presented them to Yowster, like just in honor of her, right? right? Yowster loved it so much that she had this bunny go through the whole world and give everyone the eggs that were decorated uh-huh. because it made her feel so special. She wanted everyone to experience that. That's nice. Now that's a story that makes sense. <laughs> right, exactly. The fact that there's just some... Easter bunny, not Yoster bunny, going around and giving eggs out to mark Jesus's resurrection does not make any sense. Right, exactly. This is the real story. So it's always like this, I don't know what the right word is, but when I hear people who are like claiming that pagans are taking over their Easter holidays or like by, by taking Jesus out of it. And I'm always like, what, what are you saying? You are the ones who put it in it. You are the people who stole it. Like, yeah. Look at what's happening here. Look at your religion. <laughs> like you are chanting and drinking the blood of a person. Like, where do you think that shit comes from? 
Well, right. Like put the Christ back in Christmas. It's like, well, actually Christmas was its own thing that you stole. It's called Yule. And you did that too. Yeah. So it's, it's always this like spicy moment for me. And it's just like, right. I just want everyone to like start telling this story instead and like start honoring that. And listen, the eggs were used in all different cultures. It wasn't just Greek culture, but right. the decorating of and giving them out and like saying that the the bunny left them for you was a way to, that was Greek, but it was a way to like make you feel like you were going to have a blessed spring. Right. Exactly. But I think the I think and this is just very on brand for me to circle it back to like capitalism <laughs> but I think it's important to look at how powerful capitalism is like I know that the, I know this all happened thousands of years ago but if you're talking about like modern day Easter and the commercial commercialization of all of these holidays mm-hmm. and how like nonsensical they are in the way they're presented to us yeah Like you have Santa correlated with like the birth of Christ, you know, you have an Easter, you have a a bunny who has eggs, even though bunnies don't lay eggs, they just have random eggs with the resurrection of Christ. Like the power of capitalism that like, not all, but like as a society, we're on board with that. Right. That's all like we're inundated with the messaging and the branding of these holidays and we're all just like, yeah, cool. That makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. Exactly. Look, I just think it's important to pay attention to how powerful capitalism is. Yeah, right. You're explaining conditioning. We don't question right. these things because it's, you know, being passed on and passed on. And I think, what, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, now we are, we are questioning them. And it's like, we're like the fun sponges that are like sucking the fun out of Easter. It's like, I would just like to, I would just like people to understand yeah, what's really happening here. Yeah. Like when I'm posting on Instagram that happy Ostara and everyone's like, why are you saying Ostara instead of Easter? I'm going, why are you saying Easter? Right. <laughs> <Yes>. Easter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. So I, I just think that that's an important component. Yeah. And you know, the more we talk about this and the more we go, like, I don't want to celebrate it that way. I want to celebrate it my own way, whatever that looks like, the more you are taking that power away from all of these stolen traditions. So keep it up. Exactly. You want, you want to cook a ham, you cook a ham. You want to, you want to dress up like a bunny, you dress up like a bunny. You want to put eggs everywhere you do. You want to do none of it and just like go for a walk outside and appreciate nature. Perfect. You do it the way it works for you. I mean, I'm 1 million percent hiding candy for my kids. Like that's Mm -hmm. such a warm, happy memory for my family. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not not doing that. But are we going to be talking about what all of it actually means? 100 percent. Yeah, we're going to talk about the legend of of Yowster and like where this actually comes from. Right. I would also like to say, this is something I would like to try doing this year. And I always wondered why I always felt so opposed to dying Easter eggs. Mm. Like I, I like the tradition of it. I like the artsy thing. I like the family activity, but something about it always bothered me. Right. And I've learned that it's actually kind of disrespectful to take eggs and put them in chemicals. Oh, that makes sense. If you're trying to, I'm not saying that if you do that, you're doing something wrong, but if you're trying to actually honor 
like the spring earth. and fertility and like call infertility to yourself, destroying the fertility amulet isn't actually calling in the right energy. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Now I know it's not really destroying it, but it's making it so it's no longer usable. Right. Yep. So what our ancient ancestors did when they were decorating them is that they just decorated them with natural dyes. Like they would boil flowers and water and then decorate them with that. And like they still, you can still use vinegar and salt and all of that. But like when I think of it that way, like that you're taking other things from the earth and, and diet, like that makes it feel better. And I know that might sound silly to some people, but to me, like the energy of what I'm doing, if it doesn't match how I, how I feel and what I'm trying to present for the holiday, it doesn't it, like, it, it really throws me off. No. And I think that that's a really good point. I think it, I think that's valid in and of itself, but I also think that you're explaining situations that a lot of people feel on many different holidays when they're, you're just like, it's that moment of why doesn't this feel right? Mm-hmm. It's not that something's wrong or right, but it's, it's just like your intuition picking up, like something's off here. Like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, it's just like you cluing in to, to like, it's like your intuition's trying to get you to look into why, why are we doing these things and how did we originally do them? And, and what's the point here? Exactly. Exactly. I don't think that you're a bad person or that you're calling in terrible energy to yourself. If you use a store-bought egg kit, I am not that person. I'm not like anti-chemical person. Like I'm not her, but I'm just saying if it also doesn't feel right to you, maybe try that. Right. Exactly. You can also just like decorate them with markers and stuff. Like it doesn't, you don't have to get that weird kit with the cutout circles that you stick the eggs on. You don't have to do that is what I'm saying. Right. But it might be, it might be like, like me that like I, you might have sort of sentimental ties, memories of doing that as a kid that you want to provide that to your family. Go for it. If but the if the energy of doing that feels good, right. do it. Agreed. You're not hurting anybody. Maybe then go like plant some seeds after somewhere so that right. Whatever you might have done that was like adding a chemical to something, you did that, boom, there you just called in the good energy. You're all set. Like do what you need to do, but feel valid if something doesn't feel right. Agreed. Yeah. And you can also, like you can Google, there's so many different recipes. I know Pinterest is full of them. If you wanted to find like natural dyes and how to do that, listen, it's way more complicated. It's way more effort and the colors aren't as bright. So like. No, they're not. No, in the dollar store Easter egg kit, but just saying. Right. I mean, I also feel like you risk going on those sites and you're getting bullied by some mom who makes you feel like a piece of shit because you're not, because you're using oh, yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? We're all just doing our best, Susan. Okay. Right. Sometimes it's the, it's the dollar store egg kit. Right. Sometimes you find one in your closet from like two years ago and you're like, well, and you use it like, and sometimes you you're boiling dandelions, like wherever you are is fine. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I tend to be the Pinterest fail mother. So I am not judging anybody for anything. (laughs) I thought I'd also mention that in Mexico and parts of Southwest America, we have the tradition of the cascarone. So these are eggshells that have been hollowed out and then they're decorated, filled with something and then resealed. Yes. I've seen that. Okay. 
this is so cool. Yeah. I have been to different things where people were doing this and I did not realize the roots of it. Very, very cool. So I know when we did this, we like blew out the yoke with a straw or something like there's a whole thing. It's very, very cool. But I don't know if they still do this, but I would like to bring it back and I would like permission to do it to you. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, so you haul it out the egg, right? You put stuff inside it and what they would traditionally put inside would be lavender and sage. Mm -hmm. You've resealed it. I would just use scotch tape. I don't know what our ancestors used to reseal it, but that's what I would probably do. Okay. Okay. Then when you, you're looking for a loved one, somebody you care about, when you, you want to catch them by surprise. So they're not expecting it. They're not looking. And you crack the egg over their head and all the <laughs> lavender and sage falls down upon them. And it's their blessings for the new year. It's incredible. You can definitely do that to me. I'm going to try to do it to you and film it for people. <laughs> Put that on TikTok. <laughs> I'll try, guys. I'm going to have to get someone to film it. I'm going to have to. Jamie will know I'm sneaking up on her. She will also know that I'm up to something. So it'll be very tricky. So I will I will work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Okay. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> I also thought I would tell you a little bit about the color of eggs significance. I don't think okay. you know that this like... The color of dry your eggs calls in different things. I know, but I love it though. It makes so much sense. I know, right? Okay, so let me tell you some of them. Red is uh, sexuality, lust, root chakra energy, mother goddess, strength, and heat. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Orange would call in attraction. It's the navel chakra. It's summer, and it's the color of the god, so the male deity. Okay. Yellow is creativity, knowledge, intellect, and it is the solar plexus chakra. Green is the color of the earth. Mother, fertility, the color of the heart chakra. Blue is healing, peace, meditation, astral projection, throat Mm -hmm. chakra, robin's eggs, spring, the virgin goddess. So this would be the female goddess. New life and the waxing part of the year. Hmm. Indigo is past lives, healing, clairvoyance. It's the color of the third eye. Violet is also healing, tranquility, ending quarrels, color of the crown chakra, ability to contact other intelligences. Mm, Interesting. Interesting, Right. White is purification. Please don't hear that word as like weird purity culture. Not that purification. Cleansing. Exactly. Barrier against negativity, good fortune, the color of death and mourning. Black is mystery, absorption, the crone goddess, winter, death and mourning as well. Uh, In Western traditions, it's death and mourning. Silver is the triple goddess. It's the moon. It's spirituality, water. Gold is the sun, activity, money, fire, Brown is autumn, animals, waning. So that's just like the resting part, right? Yep. Pink is romantic love, peace. And pink is technically used for Ostara and Beltane. Okay. Turquoise is spiritual knowledge. A pale green is another traditional Ostara color. And any pastels, because that's what you would be able to like decorate with like a very pale version of a color. Okay. I have a couple of other interesting notes too. Okay. 
Do you know how Easter eggs hunts started? No, I don't. Okay, well, the first Easter egg hunts that we can find noted in history were in ancient ancient China and ancient India. Nice. So they would take the eggs, they would hide them, and people would go find them. And so finding an egg was a sign of the blessing of fertility. Love. My kids love egg hunt. They love it. I know, right? Also, yes, children did them. Yes, it Mm -hmm. was for fertility, but you can't just think of fertility as like a sexual thing. No, don't be weird about it. Don't let, don't let. Don't make it weird. Don't let white supremacy and, you know, the patriarchy make it weird. Exactly. So these were ancient things that we had stopped doing. And then President Lincoln in 1862 to cheer people up because it was this during the civil war started bringing back the egg hunts. Really? That's interesting. Oh, random. I don't know if there were other historical things that happened in between ancient India and China. And then president Lincoln being like, we know what we should do. We should hide eggs for people to find. There probably is, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I wonder how he knew about it. I do too. I, I just do think though, that even like what, like 200 years ago, people are still more connected to knowing this stuff than we are now. Agreed. So that's my best guess. Yeah. Okay. Hot cross buns. Hmm. They were used at this time of year and like used in celebrations and they're used in a lot of different Sabbaths because they were designed to replicate the sun wheel. Oh, what? You know, that pattern on them isn't random. It's, it was originally the sun wheel. It's like evolved since then because we forgot what it really was, but that's why those are so frequently had at holidays. Wow. That's awesome. I know. And then I figured I'd leave you with a yummy ham reasoning. Okay. (laughs) There's a reason that we have ham at Easter and I don't think anybody really knows it. I definitely do not know it. So Ham is a cured meat. Yeah. So our ancestors, like, think about the time of year. Right. They right, right, had right. access to a new animal to kill, right? So they would kill, this, like, they would slaughter in the winter, and then they would cure the meat all, like, I mean, they'd slaughter in the fall. I'm sorry. They would right. cure the meat all through the winter and then mark the start of spring by eating that meat. And it was the ham that they did that with. Right. That makes so much sense. Isn't that cool? That's why we have ham guys, not just because of good marketing on the ham stores department, but that's actually why. Right, exactly. (laughs) I hope this makes people feel a little bit better about this holiday in the sense of like finding what works for them. There are so many more things and traditions that you can find. This is just like the tip of the iceberg, but I really wanted to touch on things that I felt people were doing now and didn't know why. Agreed. And I also feel like Easter is one of the holidays that if you don't have kids for whatever reason, it's, it's sort of like once you grow up and if you don't have kids then to do Easter stuff with, you just sort of lose the point. There's mm-hmm. no, it's so centralized to activities for children mm-hmm. that a lot of people lose it. Like, why are we even doing this Easter thing? Like, right. You know what I mean? Or yeah, it all us down. I think the same thing happens when you leave like religion. Like, you know, right. like, I know when I did, I was like, 
what the hell do I do with this holiday? Like, I don't, I don't feel connected to it. I mean, I honestly never did, but like I, I went along with it. You know what I mean? And I've even thought like, should I move Easter celebrations to the actual equinox? Cause you right. know what I mean, but it, it doesn't really work in modern day life because like, I know for me, like my kids have the next week off of school for April vacation. So like, it just makes sense. So uh, to me, I'm like, I'm always trying to find that. So when I know these things and I understand them, even if I'm doing it like a month later, <laughs> I still right. feel like I'm, I know what I'm honoring and I know what energy I'm calling in and I can take the religion out of it. I can take the capitalism out of it and I can find what works for me. So whether it's like you don't have kids and you feel lost in what to do or right. you've left religion, like if you look at where these actually come from, you can right. find so much cool stuff. And like you had ancient ancestors who were doing this. And I, I love the thought of that. Exactly. That's awesome. Also, I don't understand why they don't do more Easter egg hunts for adults. Oh my God. I would love it. I know we sh- would need to be on the same team though, because we are both very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I'm not competitive. You are so competitive. You liar. <laughs> I don't compete. <laughs> All right. So I hope this helps everybody. Jay, I think in honor of this, we should go eat some cake, some hot cross buns, have some honey, maybe make some. Actually, you just ate an egg, didn't you? I had an egg this morning. Oh my God. Perfect. So we're just going to go celebrate in our way. Awesome. All right. See you later. Hey everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go on to whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.